Welcome, everybody. This is America's Town Hall with Heidi St. John. This is where we're having conversations about what's happening in the United States of America and what we can do to get off the bench and onto the battlefield to protect our constitutional liberties, our religious freedom, our right to keep and bear arms, and to protect our children against leftist indoctrination. Today, I'm joined again by my friend, Rick Green. Rick is the founder of Patriot Academy, and he's known as America's Constitution Coach. We are talking today about the fight for medical freedom and Rick's belief, and I believe too, that this is going to be the new frontier for the civil rights fight here in the United States of America. So here's part two of my interview with my friend Rick Green in progress. Well, it completely, it completely puts the argument of personal responsibility to the wayside. And now we're just saying, hey, government, tell us what to do. Hey, government, you know, tell us what to do. The founding fathers were huge fans of limited government. And when we say limited government, we don't mean limited in the number of people. We mean limited in the, in the scope and jurisdiction of what they could and could not do. And it seems to me that we have, uh, we have yielded that now because we have a new religion, a new state religion, and that new religion is safism. So whatever we can do to be safe, we just we just want to be safe and it's killing us. We're literally giving up our freedom for a false sense of safety. I think I told you this story on one of our one of our shows together. I don't remember, but but I was here in Nevada. We were leaving one of these these classes, just trained a couple hundred people and everybody was headed home and I was flying to Sacramento or somewhere else for for an event and and so the boys were headed one direction. I was headed another with my sons. And and so I, I texted, be safe. And then before I hit enter, you know, you normally say that to people when you're going to travel. Yeah. Hey, guys, be yeah. safe. We'll see you. Yeah. you know. Drive safe. So yeah. I, yeah, drive safe. And so I typed be safe. This was September. So we're in the middle of this fight. I just I was part of a lawsuit against the governor of Nevada to be able to keep this place open and do training here. And uh, so this stuff was all just, you know, really I, well, in fact, I'd already been kicked off Southwest Airlines. All that had happened, right? And so I, I texted him and I said, be safe. And then I went, wait a minute, I don't want to say that. So I deleted it. And actually, I'm wearing a shirt right now. And on the back of my shirt, it, it has this quote because I just, off the top of my head, I said to my kids, I said, to my boys, I said, no, I said, be dangerous. Be dangerous to apathy, be dangerous to the enemy, and be an absolutely existential threat to tyranny. And so we just, that became our motto. And so now I literally have a shirt with that quote on the back. On the front of my shirt, it says, fear is not a virtue. And we've created it as a virtue now in America. That's because everybody's living in fear and they think by acting on that fear, they're being virtuous. And like you said earlier, loving their neighbor, when in fact, as you said, uh, love does not lie. And, and, and you live by a lie when you participate in this thing. And, and a 20 year old kid just told me that this weekend, we got to talking about this. And he said, you know, at first I did, I wore the mask. I was doing everything because I felt like I was loving my neighbor and loving my friends at church. And he said, then I realized, wait a minute, if this is false, if this is a lie, then I'm perpetuating the lie. I'm per not just participating. I'm helping these people stay in fear. And I've got to do the opposite. If I love them, I should be trying to get them out of that fear so they can live life again. I thought, man, 20 years old and you're smarter than virtually every politician in the country. But that's that's what most people don't realize is that you're actually harming your neighbor when you participate in that lie. It's very much like any other issue. When you think that by not offending someone, you're loving them, uh, that's the worst thing you can do. Sometimes we need to be offended to be awakened out of whatever sin we're living in or whatever you know bad behavior we're living in that's harming our family. It's the same thing here. We're creating so much harm. And Heidi, I know we always bring it back to the kids, but I mean, in, in truth, parents right now that are that are letting the government mask their child for seven or eight hours a day 
and create the psychological damage. These kids that now want the mask because they're literally afraid of showing their face. They feel more comfortable behind that mask. These kids that are breathing the toxins and the, and the germs from the mask that they've been wearing all week sometimes, or even if it's just all day, dropped it in the bathroom, dropped it wherever and picked up germs and still put it on their face. Parents, don't let the government abuse your child with your permission. And some parents are championing this right now. So thank God for that eight-year-old girl that stood up in front of her school board, that 10-year-old boy that stood up in front of his school board. They were more articulate and sharper and pointing out the hypocrisy better than most 50-year-olds today. So thank God for those kids. Let's pray for more and more of them to, to be the voice of reason in our culture. Yeah. And we, we're going to have to start standing up and it's going to require courage. You know, you and I have said this many times, you know, the real pandemic is a crisis of courage. I mean, that is, that is what we're really up against right now is men and women. Nothing, nothing makes me more upset, Rick. I got to tell you, nothing makes me more upset than going into my local grocery store and seeing some big strapping man with a beard and a mask over his beard. I just, am like, are you really, really? And I'm, I'm shockingly, it is the women around here. I don't know what it's like over there, but it, around here, it's the women that are walking into these places and getting yelled at and walking, you know, and, and trying to stand up against medical tyranny and all the things that are happening right now. But we're going to have to start standing up. If we don't stand up now, ordinary people, just people like you and me. I mean, that's why I don't wear the mask, aside from the fact that it gives me acne and I hate it and it makes me anxious. But to me, our loss of liberty is startling and alarming, and we should be alarmed by that. And I love that you said fear isn't a virtue. So here's sort of the next question that keeps kind of bubbling into my mind is, what can be done? So someone like me, you know, running for running for office, what can and what should a government whose primary responsibility is to protect the life and liberty of its citizens, if that's our primary responsibility, what kinds of people should we be electing into office. I mean, the, the government actually can start inoculating. Sorry, but we're talking about vaccines, but we can be, we, we are inoculated against this already via the constitution, but we're not following it. So we need to have people that understand the constitution and want to stand for freedom ascending to positions of authority. And we're talking about, I mean, obviously Congress and the Senate and places like that, but really school boards, homeowners associations, medical boards, we need freedom lovers everywhere, right? Even even more so at the local level. And and I'm so glad you were running for Congress because we obviously need it in Congress as well. But we do. We need it all the way up and down the ballot. People that understand just that basic concept that you just said. That's one reason I've you know, been shouting your name all over the country, because you've got the basic principles down that are lost in Washington, D.C. What's the proper? You even said it earlier. Limited government is not the size, the number of people. It's not how much money. It's the jurisdictions. It's the boundary lines limited in terms of what they can do. And that concept is lost at the state level and the federal level. Everybody thinks government should do anything and everything to solve all of our problems. And that that violates every principle that the founding fathers put in place. I'll, I'll tell you a bit of good news. In, in my home, uh, in my hometown in Texas, we had nine candidates for school board just a few weeks ago, um, and there were five good candidates. I couldn't believe it. I, I mean, it blew my mind. And I and I quizzed all of them on the vaccine passport thing, on the on the mask and the, and the children, on critical race theory, on all of those things. And, and, and the best one, I mean, a candidate that answered the questionnaire better than I would, answered everything in terms of constitutionality, the whole nine yards. I mean, she was the biggest vote getter in the whole thing. I'm so excited about her being on the, on the school board. In South Lake Carroll in, in, in Dallas, actually the team my school played my senior year my, for homecoming and they beat us 55 nothing. so I don't like them. But at any rate, they're still uh, um, a good school district. And they, and they 
wipe the floor with the left, totally replace the school board in order to remove critical race theory from the school district. So, I mean, that's in the last few weeks. So I'm just telling you, there's a lot of people now that are willing to run for those local offices that understand freedom, that have the opposite mindset of what we see dominating in Washington, D.C. Now, that's just a beginning. It's going to take years. That's part of what I want to say to people. This will not change overnight. This is a generational fight, but it begins right there in your neighborhood, in your community, at your church. What can you do about what your school board is doing right now on critical race theory, on the on the mass for the children? I mean, these are easy issues to figure out what's right and wrong. It's just finding people, as you said, with courage. But courage is contagious. So if you stand up, if you raise that banner, I promise you, people will rally. And that's not just in the buckle of the Bible Belt where I live in Texas. That's in places like where you are, Heidi, in Washington, even in places like Oregon, California, all over the place. More and more people are beginning to stand up. But you've got to get educated on these basic freedoms and then start sharing that with your friends and family. Start having a a coffee or a tea or a little get together with your neighbors and get them over and start talking about these things and start saying, what can we do to stop this abuse of our children? What can we do to open up our community? And, and make decisions based on real science, but also based on real liberty and letting the individual decide what's best for their health. It all starts with us as individuals. So I'm, I thank God you're running. I really believe you're going to win. I think you're going to be a champion in Washington, D.C. And what will happen is just a handful of people like you getting elected can push the whole Congress. People don't realize that a handful of people, 10 or 15 percent of Congress can actually push the whole thing in the right direction. So we can have true victories, big victories for our country, but it's gonna take several years. Don't expect it overnight. And we've got to put in the hard work. The left has been putting in the hard work for decades and we've been enjoying our freedom, enjoying our family, enjoying our our, our, our mission and our, and our ministries and all those things. It's time for us to shift some of our focus over to the government realm and invest some of our time, some of our life, our fortune and our sacred honor to make sure that we can restore those liberties at the government level and make sure government does what you just said, which is to protect those rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Not provide, not provide, not to take care of our health, but to protect our rights to make those decisions ourselves. Well, and it's amazing that, you know, you said we've talked about the role of government is to protect our freedom. And I think it's interesting, this word protection, because in the name of protecting us, the, the states are stripping us of our basic freedom. And I, I was thinking about this with my, I was talking to Jay the other day. Everything in life has a fair amount of risk involved, right? Driving a car, you just pointed out, is risky. Eating certain foods is risky. Climbing a ladder is risky. Living in the world with viruses is risky. Taking a vaccine is risky. And sometimes we have to weigh the pros and cons of what we do. And so when it comes to the Rona, it's the same thing. Do we keep everything shut down to protect us from the virus or do we allow a fair amount of freedom and let people decide for themselves how they can best protect themselves? And so regardless of what we think about the virus or even vaccines, we have to at least acknowledge the obvious duplicity because the same folks who screamed that we had to put everybody in lockdown, even if it saved just one life, are silent now about the vaccine deaths. They're not demanding the same thing. They're not saying, we got to stop the vaccine rollout, even if it saves one life. They're not doing that. And so it seems only certain kinds of deaths matter to these people. We should be worried about that because they're happy to take away our basic freedoms and our human rights in the name of, quote, keeping us safe from the virus. But they will attack anyone who asks legitimate questions about the safety and efficacy of the Rona vaccines. This is hypocrisy at the highest levels, and people should be Uh, concerned about that. I want to switch gears really quickly because uh, I'm curious about your opinion on this. One of the things I've been saying lately is just trying to encourage people to stop 
running. Here in Washington State and in Oregon, people are so frustrated now that they're they're looking at the amazing things that Governor DeSantis is doing in Florida. And so they're like, we're we're done. We're leaving. You know, we're gonna we're gonna hitch our wagon to DeSantis's star and we're gonna go to Florida or we're gonna go to Texas or we're gonna go to, you know, uh, to South Dakota. And I've been telling people, listen, as much as I love what's happening in Florida and I do, the Floridians are only one bad election away from a bad governor. They're only one legislative cycle away from terrible legislation. And conversely, Washington and Oregon and California are one legislative session away from reversing some of this damage and starting to improve it. But if all the conservatives and all the freedom lovers run away, that cripples the ability of us here to try to make a difference. And you said, really, just 10 to 15 percent is all we need. So people think, oh, man, how are we going to replace, you know, 400 people in the House of Representatives? You don't need to do that. You just need, what do we need to flip six seats? And then you have you have the majority again. And it matters, right? That's right. That's it. No, you're so right on, on all of that. You know, look, let me first say, never put your faith in a politician. They're just a person. Everyone that runs for office is going to disappoint you at some level because nobody's going to do 100% what you think they should do. At some point, Heidi, you and I are going to disagree on some issue. It, it's probably not going to be a policy issue, but it's going to be a tactical decision, right? Like you're going to say, well, I need to do this to be able to do that. And this makes sense, more sense over here. And at some point you trust the person in the room that's in the middle of that fight. But all I'm saying is everybody's going to quote unquote disappoint you. Most people, that you elect to office are going to disappoint you a lot. And that's just the nature of the beast. We're humans. We make mistakes. I did things when I was in office that I regret today. I had votes that I wish I could take back. And I think I was blurry in my decision making on a couple of those, a couple of those votes. So all of that to say, you're exactly right. Think about how razor thin Ron DeSantis's first election was. I mean, that was a super close race, could have gone either way in Florida. And if what's his name, Gillum, Gilliam, whatever his name was, was governor right now, you wouldn't have any of these things that we're getting out of Florida. So you're absolutely right about that. And what I've been telling people is, look, I can't make the decision for you. There are some of you that are going to be called to basically fight from behind enemy lines in some states that we may not win for another you know, decade or two. And you're going to be the one that that is building that army to take that state back. Or we may never take that state back. And you're going to be doing mission work in that state from now on. Some of you, yeah, you are going to be fed up and you're going to say, hey, I'm moving to another state. I'm going to vote with my feet and go somewhere else because I want to start over and I want to take my kids into that particular area. I'm okay with that too. But let me tell you, people look at Texas and, and I joke about it being the Mecca of freedom. We're not the Mecca of freedom right now. We've had a governor that's been a complete dictator for the last year and a half. Our legislature is is... Republican majority, but has a speaker that was chosen by the Democrats. And we could not even get past a bill to stop boys from competing in girls sports in Texas. So don't, you know, there is no, there is no utopias and there is no perfect place to go. Um, I do think at some point we're going to, we may have to end up being strategic and saying, Hey, we're going to pick certain places where we really, really fight to create a beachhead and a, and a, and a victory there and, and, or an area that can have um, kind of become a, a beacon on a hill. Uh, but I, I think everybody has to pray about what God's got for them, where he wants them to draw their line in the sand and fight. And a lot of people, I hope, do exactly what you just described, because I think that's right. I, I mean, I tell people in California this. In fact, we had a ton of people from California with us this weekend. I say, hey, I speak in California more than any other state in the country. There's more conservatives in California than in any other state in the country. And the only reason you're getting such bad policies is because the left has been more active in California. You know, Rob McCoy, pastor in Thousand Oaks, he always says there's more Calvary chapels in California than Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> if we would just get the churches involved, we could turn these states. So I, you know, as much as I would love for all the conservatives 
conservatives to move to Texas so we could finally dominate in Texas. And a bunch of them are moving to Texas. That's great. You're welcome to come. I completely agree with what you're saying and that we've got to take this fight everywhere we go and and not give up on some of those areas. And you've got to decide where has God called you. And if you're planted there, that's your place at the wall. It's the whole Nehemiah thing. The wall is the walls have been destroyed in the whole country. And you've got to decide, OK, where has God planted me? Because the way they rebuilt the walls, the way Nehemiah did such an amazing job in rebuilding those walls so fast was that he said, you rebuild the wall by your home, wherever you've been planted. That's where you work. The trowel in one hand, the sword in the other hand. And people in Washington and Oregon and California and Massachusetts and all these states, they need to hear that. They need to, they need to know what they can do to fight at the local level. And you you nailed it. School boards, city councils. I mean, all those local offices that we just started doing a deal called campaign coach where people can take a quick eight week, not eight week, eight segment uh, course. They could do it all in one day and decide whether or not they're supposed to run for office or what's the type of person I should be looking for to recruit to run for those local office. So you can get involved wherever you are in the country. There is there are important things that you can do. Every person has a role to play. Don't think that you have to have certain experience or background or you know money or any of those things. Every citizen can make a difference. And what you got to do is raise your hand and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Mm. And that is the beautiful thing about being uh, a citizen of the United States of America, still the freest nation on the face of the earth. It's a republic if we can keep it. And the way that we keep it is by defending. And right now, you know, I talked about this in the last time we were together, that the walls of our Constitution have been breached. And if we don't start uh, standing up where we are, and if we don't start saying no, because I keep thinking, you know, Jay and I talk all the time about, you know, moving. <laughs> and he said to me, you know, the other day, he's like, if we we move. Let, let's say we picked up our family. We moved to the beautiful state of Florida, right? We have tons of friends there. Every time we go, we're just thrilled with what God is doing there. And they end up with a bad election. Really, I mean, Florida is on the brink. If you watch it every single presidential election, you can see how, how close they are to, to being lost to the left. They're very, very close. And if we moved there and they would have a bad election or get a bad governor, then we will have left our home and our roots and our family and the place that we grew up in and we will have wound up with the same problems that we have where we are. Or if you're going to move, be willing to fight. If you're going to go to someplace new, be willing to be part of the solution in the new place. And don't just sit back on your sit back on your couch and just watch things happen on the news. You got to get involved. I mean, you know this. People are moving to Texas. And I'm like, if you're going to bring your conservative values, then actually bring them and put them into action. Amen. Amen. So don't think you're going to move to Nirvana and just get to enjoy, you know, everybody else, the fruit of everybody else's labor fighting wherever you are or wherever you go. It's you've got to be active and you've got to be engaged and you, you got to start saying, OK, how much am I willing to sacrifice? How much money am I willing to give? How much of my time am I willing to invest? Am I willing to speak up even though people are going to call me all kinds of things? I mean, that's lives, fortune, sacred honor. And, and I, you know, my buddy Mark Meckler, just the other night we were doing uh, one of these constitution classes out here. And, and he said, you know, people don't think about what am I willing to die for? Because if you think about what you're willing to die for, then you'll know what you're willing to live. And if you're not willing to live it out, you're not truly willing to die for it. People say, I'll die for my country. I'll die for the Lord. I'll die for my family. Well, if that's true, then start living like that. Start living in a way that is sacrificing for those things because they are. I mean, this is not an exaggeration to say that freedom is on the line right now. I mean, we're not in a situation where we can sit back and just ride the storm out. We are, I mean, we are that close and I'm holding my little, you know, thumb and finger together very close for those who can't see it in right now. Um, we are that close to becoming a totalitarian state and that can happen in the U S for people to think that wouldn't happen in America. 
my goodness, look at what's happened in the last year and that we are that close. It is vital that every citizen that loves freedom, if you love the Lord, if you love the Constitution, if you love your family and you want them to live in freedom and not tyranny, you better start saying, OK, I'm willing to give an hour a week. I'm willing to give five hours a week. I'm willing to volunteer for Heidi's campaign or I'm going to volunteer for a school board campaign. I'm going to donate one hundred dollars here and a thousand dollars there. I'm going to start hosting a Constitution class in my living room. Whatever it is, start spending some of your week every single week investing in freedom. Yeah, it's worth investing in. This country is worth fighting for. Our freedom is worth defending. I I keep thinking, you know, about the Bible's teaching us that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we have moved farther and farther away from the things of God, as we have shut him out of our schools and our universities and our communities, uh, that freedom is gone right along with the, the spirit of the living God. And we have an opportunity right now to uh, invite him back into it. Say, Lord, you know what? We're sorry. We're sorry that we've decided that you don't belong in education. We're sorry, Lord, for the way that we have treated your name and your word. And uh, I, I, you know, hope springs eternal in me. And I know it does in you too, for this country and for the days that are ahead of us, but it will require a lot of work. There is a beachhead that is being established in various places around the country. We are building a grassroots army here in Vancouver uh, to support my run for Congress like nothing I have ever seen in the last 40 years. So we're excited about that. And it's going to take people getting involved. And uh, I've been telling people, I'm going to have you come out and we're going to start, you know, barnstorming around uh, here in Washington State and just getting people encouraged. I think they just need to hear, what is my role? What can I do? And all of a sudden, things start to change. Rick, how can people find out about what you're doing? Where's the best place for people to find you online? Yeah, uh, the easiest place to go is patriotacademy.com. And that's got all of our different programs. We've got youth leadership programs. We, we have our constitution coach program. Anybody can sign up. It's free. We'll train you. We'll equip you. We'll give you all the tools you need. You just got to get people in a room and hit play. And uh, and 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 they'll you know learn about the constitution and the history of the country. It's entertaining. And then afterwards, you lead the discussion. You just get people talking. I promise you, every time you do that, there's going to People are going to leave with hope. They realize they're not alone. They realize the history of our country is actually quite amazing, that the principles of liberty do work every time they're tried, and that they can do something about it. That's a big part of it is realizing you're not helpless. Uh, there, you, there are specific things you can do to be a part of the solution, and that really does start uh, you know, empower people and inspire them to, to get involved. So patriotacademy.com is an easy place to get plugged in. Thank you, my friend. It is always so every time you're on the show, I'm like, yes, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up because sometimes, you know, we just want to I mean, I think you're like this. too. You just want to drop your sword and and, and take a nap. You know, it, it gets exhausting. But I so appreciate what you're doing. You inspire and encourage me. And I know you do for tens of thousands of people around the country. Thank you so much for taking the time and uh, having this conversation with me today. I really appreciate it. Heidi, God bless you. And listen, I want to say to you and your family, thank you for the sacrifice uh, that I know it's going to take, uh, the investment of your lives, even just running for office. And and uh, I'm just so thankful for that. You're exactly the kind of person we need for such a time as this. I mean, you're you're an Esther of our day. And and all those women you were talking about that are willing to go in and, and fight that little fight at that particular store or, or place, wherever it is, with the whole mass thing. I mean, we've got tons of Esthers being raised up right now. And I just thank God for you. So, so really praying for you and your family and just a hedge of protection on you. And and uh, looking forward to, to a wonderful campaign for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in Florida this weekend. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Looking forward to it. I think F is for Florida and freedom. <laughs> 
I love it. I hope you guys have enjoyed this conversation with my friend Rick Green. For more information about Rick, you can find him at patriotacademy.com. Don't forget, we need your support in my run for the U.S. House of Representatives. Sign up today at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. Thanks for listening today to America's Town Hall, and I'll see you again next week.